Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody. I'm Sarah D. Bunting. I am here with my co-host, Mark Blankenship. Hi. And today we are discussing four songs by Pink. Our theme song was by Mark's husband, Andrew Byrne, and is a tribute to Queen. Pink is a queen. That is where we are going with that. Uh, Mark has brought us four selections by Pink to contemplate. Mark, please tell us what we are doing, why we are doing it, and which song we are hearing first. All right. Well, um, longtime listeners will know that there are certain artists that we give more than one song to as we discuss them. And I brought Pink to the table today and felt that I could not talk about her in any sort of meaningful detail if we limited ourselves to one song. Because I feel that Pink is, for me, one of the most interesting and satisfying mainstream pop artists of the 2000s and beyond because she manages to contain multiple personalities at once that also feel coherent as a single artist, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in the 17 years that she's been making music, I have been listening to her with great fervor and have just come to realize that one of the reasons I relate to her music so much is not only because it is such well-crafted pop music, but also because within those well-crafted songs, there really does seem to be a specific person that I can listen to and know. So with Pink, I feel that I get the sweet double of really great, straightforward commercial pop, along with incredible singing. But I also get what almost feels to me like a certain alternative indie style persona within that. And I think that puts Pink in a fairly unique position in the market of pop music because to me, they're just, I can't really think of anyone else who's been making music since 2000 when she debuted who has fit in this particular place. And I say fit, which makes it sound super corporate, but of course it is. But I also do think that there is something about following Pink's career that has been satisfying because it also feels like she's just continued to learn how to be herself in public, in a way. So I have made selections today from what I feel are the four basic types of songs that Pink makes. And really, almost every song she's ever recorded fits into one of these four types. There is the self-lacerating Pink song, the snotty punk Pink song, (laughs) the frustrated liberal Pink song, and the soaring balladeer Pink song. And we'll get into each of those types with a bit more depth as we go on. Okay, so let's start with a self-lacerating Pink song, uh, her power ballad, and my karaoke staple, Sober. I don't want to be the girl that has to feel the silence The quiet scares me cause it screams the truth Please don't tell me that we had that conversation
So, like so many of her songs, including uh, Don't Let Me Get Me, Leave Me Alone, I'm Lonely, this is a song where Pink is talking about how she destroys herself better than anyone else possibly could. But I feel like that this one has a certain grandeur that I really like, and I also like the fact that she does a little song painting when she says, I don't want to be the girl who has to fill the silence. And then the we get some silence. And uh, I just think the vocal on this song is hot. And to me, the sonic excitement of the song makes it the best self-lacerating pink song. Sarah, did you know this song before today? I feel like I had heard it before. Um, I was surprised to learn that this won a Grammy because this did not... I don't know. My uh, husband, Dan, who was an actor, has um, has this expression when I'll comment that I think that someone is doing is doing good act. And he's like, I don't believe it. Uh, this is my issue with this song. I don't believe it. It feels a little like I would love to see you do it at karaoke because I would 100% believe it. <laughs> but this just feels a little... Um, you sent me a article in the Times about Pink that was in, as we record this, today's Times. Is that right? Uh, really recent. She has a new album coming out in later this month, October 2017. So I saw it yesterday. But I think it was in the last few days. Uh, well, like we'll link it in the show notes. Um, it was very interesting reading. Like I don't think she is insincere at all. So I don't love being like, this feels insincere, but it does feel a little bit studied to me and aurally. I just, it's just not for me. Like it's a little too long. The ending is too melodramatic. And understand if I could only ever listen to If God is a DJ and no other song for the rest of my life, I'd be pretty happy with that. Like, <laughs> I don't, this is just not, this is, it felt like this pastiche of Melissa Etheridge and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, neither of whom I really feature. So yeah, this song is like, I'm enjoying hearing you talk about it because I think I'm getting more out of hearing you talk about it. But this one felt a little studied to me. Mm. Well, fair enough. I for me, it clearly we uh, disagree on that. Uh, for me, I just really I do believe it. And there's also something about this music video that sticks with me, where you see two. There are two pinks. There's the pink who's like at this party and getting wasted, and then the other pink who's watching herself and feeling shitty about it. And then at the middle point of the video the two pinks make out with each other and like really go to town with each other. And it's fascinating to watch. And that image has also always stuck with me because there's just something so psychologically real to me about that, about the love affair that you have with your own worst side. And sometimes with your own self-loathing. That weird codependent relationship that sometimes you have with hating yourself. Here's the thing. I think that Pink is really smart and I would love to like hang out with her for a week and just talk about like processy shit. But sometimes the output is like, hmm, 
okay, like I get why people like it. It's just not for me. So yeah, yeah. but uh, we should move on to the next selection uh, because that's one that I dig. Okay, well, let me just say this though that definitely one of the things that's true about Pink is that while I do, like I said before, think that she has an an indie energy, she is a mainstream pop artist who is definitely working within very broad appeal trends and sounds and your mileage with pink i think will vary based on your mileage with the particular massively popular pop style that she's working in so it kind of doesn't surprise me that i I feel like for everyone there are probably pink songs that aren't for them even if they like most of her songs which actually transitions nicely to phase two uh snotty punk pink and i put a poll up on patreon so that our patreon patrons could vote on the song from this section of Pink's oeuvre that we discuss. And uh, some of the other snotty Pink songs that we that I listed included So What, which is one of her biggest sure. hits, but actually one of my least favorite Not Pink songs. Not a fan songs. either. Um, I really, that one to me is one that I don't believe. I That one to me is so ugly sounding and aggressively trying too hard. It's just not for me. Um and then also get the party started and a couple of others. But the Patreon patrons uh, eventually chose through the poll this song, <clears throat> Raise Your Glass, which was a number one hit a few years ago. Slam, slam, oh hot damn. What part of party don't you understand? Wish you just freak out. Freak out already. Can't stop coming in hot. I should be locked up right on the spot. It's so on right now. Sarah, I, I'd love to kick it off with your thoughts. I'm intrigued. Um, this song is the equivalent of that one girl in your class who, like, had said maybe seven words in her life. Like, you liked her, but she was very quiet and retiring, and you did not want to get paired with her on class projects because she was paralyzed by the idea of speaking. You look over at her during post-prom, and she is funneling like it is no big deal. <laughs> gives like a teeny burp, walks off, and starts making out with the hottest guy in the room and his girlfriend. And you're like, where was where was that for four years? This song is that. Um, it's weird because this song is like also kind of trying a little too hard. Like, what's the dealio? Yes. Like some of the lyrics have not aged well, but Pink is just like she's had a couple Red Bulls and she's super excited about the beat and she's just throwing all these like placeholder lyrics in kind of and 
it's very, it's appealing. It's very charming in a way that sometimes I feel like she is trying to like go, like jump back and forth. Like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, I'm out. And like trying to be this non-mainstream voice in the mainstream. And sometimes that effort, Mm. which again, I don't think it's easy. I don't think she occupies an easy space um, in pop music, but you can sometimes see the effort and it's, uh, it's a lot for me, but there is something in this case. And I think it's the melody and sort of that like shouty chorus where you just want to like go and jump on a bed somewhere and, like be happy about cookies and things that it's like uh, it works for me here even though like if you pick it apart it's like okay like call me up if you a gangsta like girl settle down okay okay (laughs) but she never does there's also and i think that is the great thing about her that even if like on balance some of this is like like i don't buy it or it's too samey or whatever my feeling is about it that she like she's always like trying it you know like she's always sort of like okay now we're jumping on bed this is the track where we jump on beds like all right like she she comes to work and she works it out um there's there i think this was like designed to be like a go-to party anthem of the summer tm um and some of the swearing feels a little performative, but like I said, yes, it's just like this energy, like this Red Bull energy ball of that girl, Anne-Marie, in your class, who you were like, wow, like you're, you know, you're a party monster that was in there the whole time. So yeah, it's, this is a fun song. I like it. You know, and I really like this too, and I'm, again, very grateful to you, Patreon subscribers, that this is the one you voted for, because a lot of the songs that fit into this vein, also including You and Your Hand, which my husband really likes, but I don't really like, whatever, there's a there's a defensiveness to those songs that makes them ugly yeah. to me, but this song is not pissed off at anybody. And like, yes, it's got dumb lyrics, and one lyric we don't hear in this clip is when she goes... If you're too school for cool, what? Girl, okay, girl. Ha- yeah, okay. Exactly, it's fine. So, yeah, it's but just like, goofy, if you're not But it's to... also sort of like she is the kid who, like, you all went away to college and she came back and was, like, super popular and awesome. But she didn't forget about yeah, you. Exactly. And she's, like, running over to your section of the bar, like, guys, 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 we got to dance. Come on, come on. And I, and I totally agree with you. And to me, if you're going to make a silly loud jumpy song make it like this where you ain't trying to hurt nobody you're just trying to be a panty snatcher which she refers to at one point i'm like great great so yeah good um (laughs) well moving on uh then we have the frustrated liberal pink who is represented in her current single um what about us which is a light edm song about how much she hates Trump. (laughs) She, a few years ago, recorded a song about how much she hated George W. Bush with the Indigo Girls called Dear Mr. President, which is a beautiful, very, very well-sung song, which I encourage you to look up. But I decided to go 
for the Frustrated Liberal song with a lesser-known track called Are We All We Are. Are We All We Are. <laughs> and uh, let's just take a listen to this hard-to-pronounce jam. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so Sarah, I have to say, I chose this song for a couple of academic reasons, if you'll allow me to, to pontificate. Please do. Um, one, I find it fascinating that this song sounds so much. Okay, this song was released in 2012, but it sounds so much like the new metal hits of Limp Biscuit, System of a Down, that were coming out in like 2000 to 2003, where you've got that high-pitched children's choir sound you've got the sludgy drums and i think it's such an interesting thing that pink is again like hey guys i'm gonna take this sound and i'm gonna make it super mainstream and i'm gonna make it catchier than any of that shit from before and this is reminding me too that pink released an album uh under the name you and me which was her in a male singer-songwriter that was just stripped down acoustic songs. She has tons of those songs on her albums, and for whatever reason, I'm realizing now I ended up not choosing any of those for this discussion, but whatever. But I just think this is another example of her chameleonic qualities, and I also had the experience of seeing this song performed live when I saw her in concert a few years ago, and something about this song live, like, it was like 45,000 people some of them very young, many of us not so young anymore, just going wild to this song. And I, it was, of every song the whole night, this one seemed to be the one that got the room united more than any of the hits even, which is very strange to me. So I just put this song here. I'm not even going to get up here and tell you that I think this is her finest musical moment, but I feel like in a way it is academically indicative of a lot of the things about her that I like. So that's, that's there. Oh, and also politically speaking, it is a song that sort of got a general vague message about not letting people hold you down and just, you know, don't let them tell you that this is all we are and whatever. So that's why it's here, Sarah. Um, yeah, this song is everything that I don't care for. Hermione Hobie mm-hmm. had an mm-hmm. interview of the album that this was from on, uh, in the observer and, she referred to it as chunky guitar pop stuffed with shouty quote bad girl choruses. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with this. This again, I do not believe it feels formulaic and calculated to me to be like picked up by someone's campaign. I don't like the chantiness of the chorus. I can totally see that this would be that this would transform live because there are certain songs that just do that. And there's like a collective receiving of songs sometimes that changes them the way that our theater teacher always told us that like the play is not finished until it's performed. Like 
it's one thing to write it and read it, but then you, you don't really, like, it's not done. The words are not, like, sealed and official until it's it's been uh, staged. But, uh, mm. so I could see that being true of this, but it just seems a little, I mean, calculated, and we've said this a million times on the podcast, calculated is not per se bad. Like, there is something to being able to look at genres and, like, and, like, a lyric that you want to do and pick a genre that's good for it and sort of slot it and be calculated about it. Because that is a lot of art, is making those calculations. It's just that, what like, a lot of the time what she's doing is not speaking to me when you use the word defensive that was that's i think my issue with some of these songs that they're Mm. like trying to not trying to get out ahead of something but they're just seeming kind of i don't know like it's just not it's not all adding up like there's some there's some attitude to it that's not like an interesting attitude or not like the you know the kind Mm. like you want this is just and this reminded me a little of like in the mid 80s when sting was also using a lot of children's choirs to try to make the point that (laughs) and coal mining were both terrible and it was like like you know i i see you gordo but like settle down let the children's choir of leads go and play this is this is a little too much that's all I got on this one. Fair enough. I'm sorry. Oh, listen, it's all good. But that brings us to the final song in our quartet today, which, spoiler alert, when I first heard this song in 2012, I was on my honeymoon in Australia, and I bought the CD of the Truth About Love album the day it came out, Down Under, and I was on a train with my husband. We were going to the Blue Mountains, just north of Sydney. And I heard this song for the first time, and I took my headphones off, and I said to my husband, this is, I just heard a number one song. And I was so pleased that several months later, I was proven correct. This song was number one for three weeks. It features Nate Ruiz, who was, or is, or was, or whatever, the lead singer of the band Fun. And it is called Just Give Me a Reason. It is, to my mind, the Ne Plus Ultra example of soaring balladeer pink and possibly the Ne Plus Ultra example of pink as an artist. But let's listen to the clip. Just a little bit 
Now, we still have, Sarah, two and change years left in this decade. Okay, I'm going to acknowledge that something could happen. But for now, I feel fairly comfortable saying that this song, Just Give Me a Reason, is going to wind up as my very favorite pop song of this entire decade. I love this song so much. I can It's like flames on the side of my face. I'm going into Mrs. White in the Clue movie territory. The the rhythm of the song, the the insistent energy of the melody, especially in the chorus, the clever but not too clever lyrics that I think pretty articulately describe what is going on when a relationship is falling apart and you don't know why. The vocals, the reason I included the bridge is because of the note that Pink hits at the very end. That top note is just out of control. And to me, if you're going to be aiming to write a mainstream power ballad, this should be the standard to which you hold yourself. I listen to this song roughly twice a week. I have done for over five years now. I never get tired of it. I love it so much. If I were to be required to name a baby or a pet after a song, I would probably be like, this is my son. Just give me a reason, Blankenship. This is my pet echidna. Just give me a reason. I love it so much. <laughs> That's... I. There. That's what I have to say. <laughs> that was a beautiful story. Um, if you hate this song, it's okay. It's okay. We'll be strong together. I hate together. this song, Mark. I'm so sorry. Oh, I am no. so oh, sorry. No. Like, there was one song that I liked, and then there were two songs that I were like, I don't like this, but it's just not for me. I hate this song. I I never have oh. to hear it again, and I'm psyched about that. I don't like it at you all. And I don't think you're incorrect in your assessment. I just... Ah, it just feels... It's everything that I said I didn't like about the other two, but more. Like, here's that review from The Observer again. Interesting. Which included the line, workmanlike ballads delivered with beyond workmanlike shading. Um, here's my workmanlike shade. Ugh. I, I feel like I have heard this song before in um, packaged, like, intro role for postseason sports, but not, like, the main, like, the finals of whatever postseason, just, like, the beginning. Sure. It's not, it's not a compliment. I, but here's the thing. Uh, no, it I know. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> to me. I mean, I watch a lot of sports and some of the songs I, I like that they use. Although that the one with the lightning and the thunder, they got to, they got to stop. We, we get it. Oh my God. The yes. Imagine Dragon song that's out right now that I think that we need to brace our, actually listeners, it is October 8th, 2017, as we record this. Sarah, right now, I'm going to say, I think that that song is going to be a number one hit before Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's a good song, but I think it's going to reach number one on no, the Billboard. No, because it is perfect for, and I have now heard it um, in ads for the U.S. Open, tennis, and for baseball, for postseason baseball. And then, like, and the line about the thunder is perfect to show Noah Syndergaard, nicknamed Thor, throwing a baseball. Um, I feel like we're deliberately straying off the topic, so let me return. 
the pain. I know it's like it's like well, mommy and daddy are fighting, but let's talk about cable television I mean, instead. <laughs> we're not fighting. This is the thing that's so fascinating to me. Sometimes I know that it's girl, like, it's... well, I want to do you know this and talk about this, and here's what it means to me, and then the other one's just like, <coughs> like <laughs> I feel like. I feel like sometimes when I pick these songs, one of my missions, although this isn't necessarily a helpful thing, I'm like, I need to pick the four pink songs that Sarah will like. And then I'm like, no, damn it. Okay, I'm going to, look. let's come back. I'm going to completely rechoose the four songs and we'll come back. But you know, I had to follow my heart I, on this. I think you did. And that is and okay. We don't you have, have such wait. a big heart and I have a tiny little smoking piece of coal <laughs> as a heart, which listeners know. So, like, you take that into account with our commentary, I hope, regular listeners. And if you're new, we usually agree more than this, except on the ranking episodes. But anyway... Um, but, you know, I feel like there's literally no problem with us disagreeing, because it's not Mark and Sarah give equal tongue baths that, to songs. It's Mark and Sarah true. talk about and songs. What's what was funny to me? Well, not funny. Like it was actually a little bit disappointing. Is that I feel like I only knew a couple of Pink songs, and I love God Is a DJ, and I love, um, or I just I don't like So What. And then there are a couple of others that I'm kind of like I know that that's Pink probably, but I don't like I just didn't have much of an opinion. But I knew how you felt about it, so I was prepared to be like not dazzled but i i thought that my experience of this would be different and that i would like them more and i was a little disappointed in myself that i wasn't hearing what you were hearing (laughs) but that's why we have the podcast if we agreed about everything it would be pretty boring maybe it is really boring don't tell us if it's boring but no i actually think well, unless there's more that you want to say about just give me a reason. I'm not trying to take us away from uh, that. There really isn't. I, you know, Ms. Hobie said it as as well as I could, that I just felt like, again, I have zero problem with things being packaged and, like, you know, everybody has to eat, and I don't expect anybody to, like, go up on a mountaintop and wait for lightning to literally hit them. This is not how working in the arts works. Like... You have to create product, and this is very professional, and it's not like she can't sing. Like, I don't want to shade her for being calculated. I think that's awesome, and especially for a woman in this business to be around still is really something. Like, she's obviously doing it right. These songs hit. She's speaking to people. But there is something about, like... Every pink except like party anthem pink, I feel like is speaking to people in a way that it like it's just not resonating on that frequency for me. And I don't I'm not sure why that is. So, you know, I went on this journey thinking that I would like be more in touch with my pink vibration. It sounded really disgusting, but we're leaving it in. Um <laughs> my pink vibration. That's what she said. <laughs> There we go. But you know, the truth is we all have artists like this that people adore and we just have no way yeah. in. I don't know why. Them. It's just true. I don't know why. Um, but you know, it's so funny because meanwhile, I legitimately 
when I was first getting to know this song, remember thinking, oh man, if I had written this song, I would retire. <laughs> I don't think I could ever write anything better than this. And hearing you talk about it makes me realize that one of the things that really does excite me about it is the structure of the song. And it is like, I and I'm not, of course you love structure, but I think that just for my particular tastes of my particular structural interests, there is something about the way this song is built and the way that the the percussive sounds of the chorus, like I just find it all very satisfying. My particular wavelength just is indeed quite stoked by this yeah. song. So well, I mean, different strokes and like the you know I don't I don't get it, but it's like there's a difference between like I don't get it and I don't get it. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I get it. This is professionally built. I understand why it works. It just doesn't on me. So, uh, (laughs) I think mommy and daddy have made up. So, Sarah, I will, I will probably not invite you to the pink concert next spring at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn, but that is fine because we're going to an Amy Mann concert. We are. And uh, listeners, you should totally come out. It's at the Beacon, December 15th. There's a bunch of people playing. It'll be fun. We'll be the ones holding hands and singing oh, and- along to Red Vines in our non-cardinal marriage. Because that's how we do. By the way, listeners, two other things. If you would like to take part in the polls that you've heard us talking about in this episode, you can become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash mastus. And if you would like to take part in some legitimate nuclear insanity, then stick around for next week's episode (laughs) number 75. That's all I'm going to say for now. It's going to be so good. (laughs) Talk to you guys next time. This is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Here's how. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. And you can become a supporter and producer of this podcast at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus. So until next time, thanks for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.